Welcome, everybody, to the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. New chapter this morning in the battle against Ebola. Nickelback are back. The multi-platinum band has just announced a new album and a North American summer. Until you see the flaming butthole, you ain't seen nothing yet. Smoke these meats, bruh. Smoking these meats. I am one of you. <laughs> I'm so relatable. Pay no attention to the spaceship outside the courthouse. <laughs> Something good for ya. All right, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Something Good For You podcast, where we're the two of us sift through the bullshit to try to find a little something good to give you each and every single week. Now, I'm one of your two co-hosts, Alex Stiffin. Across from me, as always, is the Captain Nun. Being fueled by a premium uh, band beer today. What you drinking, buddy? Uh, this is a free plug for them. This is the Iron Maiden beer, the Trooper. Of course it's a free plug. I know, Who the still, hell would be, is going to wind up getting money from the guy, The guys from Iron Maiden might be listening, bruh. God, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Their the, the beer no, isn't even that great. Not. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's sliding in with the uh, jab, no longer just segregated to his own little <laughs> maverick minute. We got Johnny G back on the show. What up, what up? That's right. So yeah, why do you not like the beer, man? What is your favorite ah. band beer if you had, if there is a good band, band beer for beer. you? Is there a fucking good band beer? I don't know. That's okay, debatable so too. You had it on, it was, it was a couple sessions couple uh, releases ago that you had the uh, metallica beer on here too what'd you think about that i don't remember anything uh actually the metallica beer was all right it was like a pilsner or something like yeah. that so it wasn't it wasn't bad it's was just as good as any old pil- pilsner really i think i had the megadeth one on one episode too mm-hmm. I just, yeah i remember that one yeah I just bite yeah because you were doing the whole uh who has the better beer metallica or, or megadeth, megadeth. <laughs> it's like some of the beers basically just it, it tastes as good as this pbr that's sitting in my hands right now and it but it has the band name so like oh it's gotta be good they have a license no. to them it's like no it tastes like everything else it's just higher price because it has their name on it at the end of the day i'm just buying these for the novelty of it which is cool because it's something you can put on your shelf and that's what i used to do with a lot of beer cans bottles until the shelf fell over because it was a lot of weight <laughs> drank a lot of band beers i went through Dude, a phase shit yeah i went through a phase of collecting like bottles of alcoholic beverages i drank and eventually i just stopped doing it i'm not quite sure why i don't know it just Dude, after that a while guy just, put the empty whiskey bottles on the shelf and shit like that like when you're in an apartment you put it all over in your kitchen oh yeah i was totally that guy too what what drives us to do that i don't know uh, white trash is it shiny objects <laughs> like hoarding trophies man. Yeah, trophies. <laughs> I guess. Like, I what if you have this really rare this. bottle of something that you can't find anywhere was released back in like the early 2000s? Like, I must have this on display because I had this and I must talk about yeah, it. Yeah, but this would just be like regular store-bought fucking Jack Daniels bottles. <laughs> Say, hey, baby, look at that. You see that Fireball empty bottle? Bottles. You see that bottle over there? I drank all that. <laughs> when I was in the Navy, there was a guy in our Ain't boat impressed? that was just really into Jack Daniels. He was like, I must find the silver label bottle. It's um, only available in Japan. We gotta go to Japan, and then we get to Japan. Guys, I never didn't find it. <laughs> uh, but in 2016, I found that shit at one of the local bars, and it's like, eh, it's all right. It's yeah, I've seen it. the silver label. I thought you were gonna say I found it at a flea market one day. It's like ten dollars. Could you? No, I mean that'd be cool. Yeah, <laughs> it'd probably just be the bottle, right? <laughs> I'm gonna say bottle like, collectors. I feel like there's some weird legalities about selling liquor at a flea market. <laughs> 
mean, if you don't tell anybody it's liquor, you could always just put it in a Coke bottle and be like, hey. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> How much would you trust that even? Hey, kid, you buying your liquor at a flea market, not I'm, in the original bottle. But you're already at the flea market buying shit, so yeah, you can find some cool shit at a flea market, man. You yeah, want... that's that's part of it, though. It's like it's as Jack Daniels, but it's in a Coke bottle. Five dollars. <laughs> I'm talking about like I'm sure there's collectors out there <laughs> Why of the like fuck not <laughs> of like just Jack Daniels bottles in general. Like you were saying, you want the the silver bottle, whatever. I'm sure there's a whole collector's audience for that uh, kind of shit too. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You want to lock your phone? The screen's still been on. It might just die. Oh, no, it's, it's uploading shit. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, it's like, He's like your it's phone working. randomly die just because the screen's been on. I'll probably charge before we uh, leave here to go do things tonight. There you go. No, it went off. You're good. Yeah. I was just making sure. Well, we're going to go ahead and fast forward over to future Johnny G yeah. for the Maverick Minute. <laughs> Take it over, future Welcome Johnny. Welcome to the future, future, future. <laughs> <laughs> Good Friday, you folks. This is Johnny G over at the Something Good For You podcast with your Maverick Minute. They release me once a week from the dungeon to give you a feel of what's going to be good for you on your Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, this week has been piss poor terrible outside, raining all the time, and it's kind of hard to get out, but this weekend, it's cleared up a little bit, so bring an umbrella if you must, but for the most part, you should be okay. So let's jump on into your Friday over at the Evening News, starting with Brandon Hartsley of Bump and Uglies at 7 p.m. Over the world famous milestone, we have Ethnonova with Jules, Archimedes Revenge, and the Silencing Machine at 8. Neighborhood Theater, we got Citizen Cope at 7. Visual Theater, we have Patrick Davidson and his Midnight Choir at 8. Snug Harbor, we have Marlon Craft with Bobby Vino and Indigo Joe at 10 p.m. Over at Petro's Four Finger Records, celebrating its two year anniversary with a tape release show. Starting at 8. At the Fillmore, we have Grace Potter at 7. Next door at the Underground, we got Case at 7. Over at Crown Station, Camp Low, DJ Second from out of town. This is starting at 9 p.m. You're going to want to be there. Now over at Amos and Southend, it's Alan, Mac, Myers, and more. Let it roll. The tour featuring Zach Myers of Shinedown at 7 p.m. Over at Thomas Pump, we have Maxwell Williams, Rumble Tramp, and On the Cinder at 8. Smokey Joe's Big Break over at 10 p.m. And Free Range Brewing, to finish up the day, Unspoken Tradition at 7. Now, on your Saturday, Michael Paslick over the Evening Muse starts off everything at 7 p.m., followed by Emma's Lounge and Ashley Heath and her Heathens at 10. Over the World Famous Milestone, locally only Saturday, every Saturday, with DJ Teddy and Mike Poyer from 4 to 8 p.m., 100% free. And Digital Noir comes in at 8 p.m., your industrial night for the month, with DJ Spider and DJ Price at 8. Over at the Neighborhood Theater, Hiss Golden Messenger with Lily Hyatt at 7 p.m. Special production over at the Visually Theater, Cornelia and Queen are coming out with their new EP, and alongside the play are going to be Darby Wilcox and Casca Sun. Start at 7 p.m., you're going to want to be there. Snug Harbor, we got Hungry Girl with Ancient Cities and Easy Honey at 10. Petra's The Wilts with Burn Brothers and Riley Moore at 8. The Fillmore CLT, we got another tradition coming through. Badfish with her Beyond the Sun tour starts off at 6.30. Followed by Next Door the Underground, OTW with SXM Bluegrass Junction present The Dead South. Served Cold Tour, starting at 7 p.m. And for your another monthly, Frequency Live is coming back with a new bag. 
Alvin Jacobs Jr. with Savita Selects at 2.30 p.m. You're going to want to be there. Fills up fast. But it's a good way to start your afternoon and start your weekend. Howard Amos' South End, we've got Bullet the Blue Sky with Shades of Crazy at 7 p.m. Over at Skylark Social Club, we got a Sunday Fire at 7 or 9 p.m., my bad. Tommy's Pub, Skynoceros, Something Went Wrong, and Stormwatch is starting at 8. At Smokey Joe's, we have Porcelain Mary at 10. And at the Rabbit Hole, we have the Flamingo Review, Dead of Winter. That was like two of those this time. At 8 p.m. Last but not least, on your Sunday chill day, which it doesn't seem very chill to me because there's a lot going on. Over at the Evening Muse, Cry Baby with Whitehall and Charles Walker at 7 p.m. Over at the World Fitness Milestone, Metal Church Sunday Service at 4 to 10, or 4 to 8. Snug Harbor, Bone Snugs and Harmony always has you every week for the karaoke special 6 p.m. Petra's Hazy Sunday at 3 with Bill Hanna's Jazz Sessions bringing you in at 7.30. Big thing, a little political, but very informative at the Fillmore. Blexit starts at 3 p.m. The Underground, American Authors and Magic Giant, a Band of Brothers Roadshow at 6.30. Now to tide it all off. We have Amos's South End with School of Rock, Charlotte, starting at 1.45. Skylark Social Club, Weather Warm from Virginia, Sunday Boxing from us, Big Wave, Small Wave from us at 9 p.m. And last but not least, David Childers and the Serpents bringing in to Free Range Brewing with special guest Shelby Stover at 4 p.m. Now for your music releases this week, Cordelia and Quinn, of course, have that with their EP release coming on on Saturday. I will have some sort of review for you on Friday, so be sure to check out my WordPress, Instagram, and Facebooks for those. And let's see here. I think that is all I've got for you this week, but definitely check out our links. I got a few other things I'm going to bring in. So keep watching, keep looking at the skies, and pay attention. That is your Maverick Minute for the week. My name is Johnny G. I will see you next time. And we're back. Thank you, future Johnny. <laughs> future, future, and we're present. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't that feel weird? <laughs> time travel, man. How did man. you like going in time and hearing me then? <laughs> As opposed to hearing me right now. I feel extra weird now. That's mm. crazy. Fucking time um, travel, man. <laughs> nah, it's fun. Uh, ever since you've kind of gotten involved with uh, doing the podcast a little bit more, you've been hanging out some. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. We hung out last night at uh, the Kelsey Ryan show at Petra's. And that was actually pretty fun. That was the uh, first time I ever played Petra's, too. I like going into show rooms like that. That's which, right. I forgot you said that. It was yeah. Be, this is your first time in a, for you guys in a lot of venues. What, Skylark tomorrow, Petra's yesterday. And no, then... we played, well, we played Skylark. No, we haven't. Wait, been, yeah. We, ha- we played the building. Yes. We've we have played, played the building, not since the When it was the changed. station. Yeah, yes. we played the station. So we... So for me, it's like I've played the building. It's close enough. It's just name change. Yeah. No, I like By going- the way, Skylark, uh, happy belated to your anniversary. Yeah, I was last week. Right. <laughs> no, I like going to the rooms like the Evening Muse and Petra's with uh, Kelsey and the country band and just looking around be- thinking the films would be way too loud for this room. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you guys say about Snug, but I really want to see you there. I think we could go over at Snug. Snug's been changing a little bit more over the past few months. 
because they went there for a while where, you know, not as a negative, but just the clientele and the shows they were having there. It was very much like gay bar drag queen. They were having a lot of those events over there. So it just kind of seemed like in, like EMD and, you know, hip hop and, you know, electronic type shows. But I mean, that's feels that like even over stopped. the Well, it hasn't, but it feels like maybe over the past maybe two to three months, they've been having a lot more like indie and rock shows yeah. there. So there, there's a, a lot chance. more music in general. Yeah, no, Chris has been mixing up a lot. Yeah. And so that's the only reason we just haven't played there. It's just, you know, not a negative. Just looking at it, it's like, oh, okay, well, we don't play that kind of music. That's not our club. It's not, we wouldn't try to, you know, step into a rap club to begin with. So that's all right. it was. Well, that's the great thing about Snug is it's a little bit of everything. Like I, I It is now, especially. Yeah, it's like Charlotte Symphony's now in there. That's mm. more of a recent addition, but... Rap, pop, punk, rock, metal. They'll have like legacy hip hop acts like Ghetto Boys and fucking yeah. KRS One every now and then. Oh god, yeah. So you never know who's gonna pop in there. You never know what kind of acts can come through. But it's like there is literally a night schedule for each and everything, so you can just throw the community in. Why not? Oh yeah. And plus, I'd send an email or two and just never heard anything. Right. So. <laughs> That's the other reason we never played there. Not for a lack of trying. Right. Oh, I got you. I don't know. I remember like talking about like uh, asking about what if we did a residency and I got a hard no. This was a long time ago, too, before I learned how that kind of dynamic works with bands. Yeah, it was said here a while back that residency was where bands go to die. And I, yeah. I, I had a little few arguments for that because I feel like, no, it's great exposure. You're there for a time, but you don't actually have to go each and every time. You go there, you experience you, but you also get like a taste of other people going in that got paired with these bands that are coming in for the residency. And it kind of gives it a different flavor each time. Yeah, you're hearing some of the same songs, but at the same time, it doesn't mean it's the same content. It's going to be the same show. Right. So I kind of look at it also as like, okay, let's, let's change it from music. Let's look at it as a barbecue. Okay. There you go. If you have a barbecue once a month, mm -hmm. you get your friends out, you're having a good time, enjoying yourself. If you have a barbecue every single weekend with maybe two different friends that show up, but like your main group shows up, kind of gets a little stale after a while. You know? You're eating the same things. And yeah, it's like every single time you're having the same burgers with the same toppings. You know, someone may bring hot dogs one time, but the main course is still burgers, the, the exact same topping, that kind of thing. So it's like, I kind of look at it in that aspect. So flip it back to bands. If you have a show every weekend, what happens after that month is over, anyone that would want to see you has had an entire month to see you. Mm -hmm. When are you going to book your next show? You know, so it just it kind of turns into one of those things. And plus, playing every single weekend and trying to get folks out to shows that that gets stressful, especially if it's the same venue every weekend in the same town. If exactly. it was every weekend, but it's every week, and it's always on like weekday shows typically don't get a ton of audience members to come in and join into the crowd mm -hmm. but at the same time it gives people kind of you're saying it's like if you have a barbecue every every weekend every day or every day this week for the next four to five weeks or three yeah. weeks if you're in february and it's mm -hmm. like okay i can understand if you go to every show it's gonna be a little stale but yeah. at the same time you gave everyone a chance to kind of sample you get a little feel of you and they only have to go once maybe twice if they're you know your friends family whatever yeah um to me that just feels like overexposure in general though it, like like even bands that play too often at too many local venues like I, like i'll see bands i hadn't seen it too much recently but definitely in the past i have seen bands that'll book a show like on a tuesday and locally 
and then they'll have a show that following Saturday locally. Then they'll have a week off, and then they're playing another local show. And to me, that also just feels like overexposure. And they're promoting all of them at the same time. So, so if anybody like doesn't want to come out, they won't feel guilty about it because they're just like, oh, I'll just see them uh, next week when they're doing it again. There's, or whatever. A, there's a certain level of comfort to it where it's like, oh, well, they're playing so much. There's no urgency to actually come out and enjoy myself. There's going to be five other chances this month I can see them. Well, you also have to look at it as a hosting duty. So whoever goes there, for the most part, is going to be a Charlotte local band or local to North Carolina at the very least. So they're here for a month or they'll go and tour around and then come back. Yeah. Um, band Pinky Poodle Doodle was, I think, last May or June. And they're, they were a Japanese band, but they were here just touring around. So during the week, they go and play shows around the East Coast, mm-hmm. going out to the Midwest, coming back, doing yeah. the residency. So that serves a purpose of it gives you something you're you're hosting you're more or less like you're the thing that's going to definitely be there mm-hmm. but you have all these other bands like oh and by the way we have this so let's introduce this yeah yeah and that is pretty interesting but to me it just feels like if you're doing that so let's maybe put in a different aspect so johnny g now has uh a residency at snug but it's oh snap but it's <laughs> reporting from channel 20 xx or you know whatever you wanted it to be presents I feel like that is a better type of residency than having a band, pl- the same band play I all totally the shows. I totally agree. If you were like a host for like something different. Yeah. Well, that'd be like so, no so future like, on Tuesdays once a month. Or, mm-hmm. um, or or even like something good for you presents. And it's like maybe the fill-ins would play once on those you weekends. Should. Well, it's like maybe fill-ins would play once on those weekends, but the rest of them would just be different local bands we pick. Be like, ooh, I think it'd be fun if we paired these guys with these guys. I've never seen them do shows together. Let's see yeah. if we can do that. I feel like that would maybe accomplish more than having the same band play every weekend as a residency. Man, that sounds like a hell of an idea, Alex. <laughs> I think maybe you should listen to this later and think about that. <laughs> well, there's a reason like venues, a lot of venues will have bands uh, when they're booking them to kind of put out there. It's like, don't book locally for the next month and a half so we can help with mm-hmm. your draw because of and what it, they call radius clause and shit like that too. Yeah, so I, also, I maybe I also kind of come from that aspect of dealing with different bookers. They're like, yeah, we can give you this date. Just don't book anything within you know a twenty or thirty mile radius in the span of two weeks before or after. You know that sort of thing. Yeah, gotcha. Because again, with so many bands out there and so many you know venues trying to you know get the best shows going, they don't want people that are playing so much to where they're hopping on so many shows where. Now you put the fill-ins on because we played three shows this month. People aren't as gun ho to come see us because you know almost anyone that want to see us has seen it, had a chance three times that month. Now we've booked another show at another local venue to help promote a band that's touring maybe. And now because we've played so many local shows and so many people have had a chance to see us, if that touring band is relying on the support of the locals to help bring in a draw to introduce them to a new audience, we no longer have that draw because we wasted that nut two or three shows ago, you know, the following weeks. But what about some of these other kind of the, the younger bands that come through? Uh, True Lilith, Walburns, Wilma, um, Petra. I, f- I, feel there, I feel that there's a line like if you're brand new yeah you know go out there kill it and then learn the hard way that playing three or four uh, nights a week doesn't work like we did <laughs> well, but <laughs> I feel- three or four nights a week yeah i'm mean, like that yeah, maybe not no, so we, much we, we, we didn't even do that no but i feel that there, there's exaggeration right exactly that's I, all it is i feel that there's a fine line or there there's a 
there's a moment in which you do that and then you stop if right. that makes any sense like and, when you're brand new on the scene and you know you've got a lot of good stuff after you get that first show booked accept as many as you can but then it's like when you start understanding your audience that's when you fine tune it so yeah and, okay. mo and most of the time after let's face it every band goes through it after the shine of this is a new band goes away people stop coming out to every single show. Yeah. And it's one of those deals too when you're starting off. And when you off, start noticing, well, sorry not to cut you off, but when bro, you start noticing people start dropping off, that's when you go, okay, we're playing too many shows. Mm. And okay. then sometimes people, like members of bands get burned out because you are playing so many shows. But you start off playing th this many shows starting off because it's the best thing you got going on for you and you're just doing it just to do it. Yeah. But what winds up happening, it feels like, established bands well-known bands are the ones that get the residencies and that to me just is when it feels counterintuitive to me where yeah. it's like you've already got your fan base you've got your audience why do you want to burn them out and you know play every single weekend and monopolize it i get the concept because again you're going to get random people just coming in i've just never seen it turn out super positive I think it really depends. Like the the business people's residency, I was there. This was when I was really going hard, um, and I thought that I really had to be at every residency. Not that I didn't want to be, but like the business <laughs> people, like I would be there. I was like, okay, Wednesday, I'm scheduling it. Yeah. I'm going to be there, and I got all these other bands, including the, my friends who were actually at the residency. Um, and it was cool. Like, I didn't get burnt out. Like, sometimes I'd go to the back, hang out, and I'd come in for some of the songs or some of the covers, some of the new stuff that they were going to release. Yeah. But it, it was cool. And it didn't hurt because they had they brought a crowd out every time. Mm -hmm. So it's that's one thing that I can vouch for. It's like, you do get a crowd out. Yeah. It may not be the same crowd, but you do get a lot of that time to get that exposure and give people a chance to come and see. And it doesn't hurt that a lot of the time it's free entry so people off the streets like oh what's going on oh just show your id the door you come in and it's free music like okay cool this gives me a nice little trial offer of a testing out this venue getting mm -hmm. it a little bit of like oh, okay i've never been here before and that and that area like snug in particular because we're talking about residencies uh, that gets a lot of walking traffic anyway when it's oh, nice yeah. outside yeah, so I mean, I, I feel that there or are when positives. when it's raining incredibly hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do feel that there are some positives and stuff to it, but just the overall, I just, I'm... I feel you. I mean, long, like long way, long ass way around it. Finland's are and we're planning on just, doing a residency anywhere. <laughs> there's a few pros, but it just sounds like there's just so many more cons. I mean, if you have the time for it, cool. If not, then, I mean, there's definitely a, a lot of monthly things you go to. Like, No Future would suit you guys really well, and that's mm -hmm. one Tuesday a month. Um, even some like the weekend shows, Saturday, Sunday, are a lot of punk, rock, punk pop. Mm -hmm. and, and Yeah, and again, I've no started noticing that recently. It's just when I was trying to, you know, really get booked around another lot of places locally, that wasn't the main thing they were doing. So I just yeah. kind of stopped paying attention to it, especially after, you know, not getting emails. I got you. I got It's that old model of we go where we're wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you never know where you wanted until you go, though. I know. It's <laughs> the contradiction. Well, when you knock on I mean, the door. I mean, I played there not too long ago. It was kind of like, this is my first time ever playing at Snug Harbor, guys. <laughs> I was going to say, I have played Snug, but not in the fill-ins. 
Gotcha. Yeah, um, another band I played in, Biggie Stardust and his Wretched Hive. Um, we got booked over there when they were still kind of doing some punk shows, but that wasn't when Phillips were really doing a lot of shows. So mm. they've kind of gone in waves of you know what they kind of do over there. So yeah, I'm not really speaking too much shit on it. It's just any time I've tried doing this, it, it just hadn't worked out. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll just talk to like whoever we need. You'll probably tell us who we need to talk to and get something set up easy if we need. Yeah, because I'm sure even booking clientele swap over and just. I, yeah. I need to start working on getting into figuring out how booking. Works. So that, yeah, if anything else, like I'll go talk to. Uh, so Chris Burns is the dude, the the overlord of the Snug Harbor in Charlotte, North Carolina. On <laughs> All Golden right. Street. So if I forget, I'll just go back and listen to this. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So it's just like I talked to him. Like, hey, maybe maybe I will do a, a reporting from twenty x percent. So it would more it would more or less be called something along the lines of this is the Midnight Carnival event. There you I go. like that. Like that's that has always been my name, and I got that from that's everything I do is a video game reference, <laughs> hey, and that's, that's cool, from though. Guilty Gear, which has some of the most metal music you'll find in a fighting game. Word. Um, I'll expose you guys to that a little bit later, but yeah, no, that's the second game that came out was um, it's like Guilty Gear XX, the Midnight Carnival, and I've always been drawn to that because like that sounds so cool. Oh yeah, so that. Uh, Talk to him, figure it. Yeah, that would be really go. great promotion for you, especially with all the promotion you do. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, anyone who's listening in who actually reads all of the stuff that I do and follows me on a day to day basis. Like, we're probably gonna go through a little bit of a change up so far as listings and all that fun stuff. I'm obviously still gonna be here, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, we were talking about that a little bit before the show. It's like you're doing such a great job. I just don't want it to get oversaturated. Same same kind of concept, yep. you know, kind of cutting down. After a while, people just may not wind up seeing it. So kind of concentrating those posts down and making each one, you know, as good as you do. And plus, I've also noticed even with Instagram, which is where, you know, most of your postings go, people will still like and comment on stuff that was like two days prior because that's just how Instagram shows up on the feed. Yeah, I mean, I'm, especially with how many people someone may follow. So, like me, I'm not on Instagram as much as I'd like, as I, much as I need for promotion and such. I'm on Facebook a lot because I've just got a lot more people connected on there, and my people see stuff on my Facebook quicker than they do on Instagram. But I know if I did more on Instagram, they'd see that. But regardless, and I get all that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, okay. yeah. But anyway, um, but because of that, I may wind up going a day or two without really doing scrolling. I may make a quick post. And, you know, check a couple profiles, but that's about it. I'm not doing the main scroll. So when I actually do sit down and do the main scroll, I'll see stuff from like a day prior, two days prior, and I'm hitting like on that stuff because it just, it's finally popped up on my feed after all this time of not looking at it. So if we're making a post every day, someone may not be seeing it every day. Now they're catching the post from two days prior on maybe a countdown. So now they're getting the wrong information. And that happens with me because I'm, because I post a lot of all of my creative outlets, just everything that's going on in my feed, and I'll get fall into that trap too of just posting every little thing. Because sometimes I'll have two shows a week, and I'm mm -hmm. doing promo and for both of those. And sometimes it is necessary, but just through the whole nature of the game and that way the algorithm winds up working sometimes in people's viewing schedules. And that's the thing, like I hear you, and we talk in person. I hear you talk about on the podcast. Um, about the algorithm, and that's the one thing that I'm trying to pay attention to, but at the same time, like, I, I, I don't know what the algorithm does, because I, I'm looking at my analytics, and it's just, I, where does it, okay, so people will see it at this time, on this day, at this point, it's like, 
But is that is that where it should be? Like targeting, scheduling? What's the thing is? Is re- there's really no right or wrong answer. It really co- it's so dependent on what you do and what your audience reacts. Alex to. Stiff, social media. Doctor. I was about to say here here comes a tutorial. <laughs> well, well, maybe maybe yes, no, kind of so. Because here's the other trap you run into, and it's what a lot of bands run into, which is they'll find something that works. Okay, let's say they've been making posts all week. Nothing's hit. They make a post. It works. They will spam that, or they find the right hashtag to use, and they'll get a ton of likes and ton of stuff on it. But Instagram has enough of a smart algorithm, brain, AI, whatever you want to call it. I don't know the right terminology. Has enough knowledge in its system to recognize you spamming the same kind of thing over and over. So it'll stop showing it to people. I noticed that with the something good for you hashtag. When we first started using it, it was really, it was popping. But when it was just me and Cap using it over and over and over, it stopped being as effective. But when we started getting other people to start using it, the algorithm was like, oh, okay, it's no longer just these two knuckleheads uh, (laughs) using this hashtag. We're seeing five and six other profiles now using it. We're going to say this is a valuable tag now. So that tag actually has value in the Instagram system because of the way people use it. Mm -hmm. So even with the band page, I got people interested with the man on the street videos for the part one, part two and then Mikey's little tie-dye outro, which led into the release of the single. So because we didn't have a lot of good traffic, I had to pull people in on something that would bring them in every day just to make sure that folks would even see the fact we released a single. Not for the fact of people not even caring, but just Facebook not showing it to people, you know, because we may have not been posting as much. So when you do go and post something day after day, it just has to make sure and kind of connect if that makes any sense. I see. So it's like we try to avoid posting every day, but when we do, it all connects and you don't have to see it in order. Like you could watch part two of Mikey's video on Instagram and not see part one and still be semi-caught up. You could catch his outro alone and be like, what is this? You know, it's like that's enough to maybe grab attention. And then if they only see the single post, well, good. That means other people like the videos enough to where you popped on. Now you only see the photo with the single artwork. You didn't see everything else, but hey, that's fine because the other videos and the other posts did its job to promote this, to make sure you saw it. And you're glad you now saw it. Gotcha. Okay. So I think that may be the only thing I worry on. Like with your feed, you're posting important daily things so if you post something you really want people to be aware of for that wednesday night and you post it even in the afternoon an optimal time to make sure everyone sees it a knucklehead like me that may not get on wednesday that may be the very first post i see thursday afternoon because of the way the algorithm works hmm i mean i guess it would also i write if you've seen any anything i post on instagram it's it's a like I'm a small, a it's like a short story every time. <laughs> and yeah, I've already had a few people already talk to me about it, including right. Bonnie. So it's just like, okay, maybe, maybe I need to rethink this is. and kind of like, and I guess I could probably, but I would love to fill some of those gaps with like streaming stuff. Like yeah. I want to have artists on, if you're listening to this band, people, um, I would love to have an artist on for like my Thursday streams. So like have a musician, we talk about music, talk about drops and also play a game. It's kind yeah. of interactive. 
and it might draw. We've been wanting to that. figure out a game to play on a regular basis. We just haven't figured out anything good. I mean, you got a switch here, man. No, <laughs> I know, like, I'm a, like a podcast game. game. Oh. <laughs> I guess. Oh, like, like a radio did, show, like what we did for the Christmas episode, just stuff, just stuff like nothing that. that elaborate, but maybe like just a little guessing game. We could always play with the guest, something if, regular. Do you think Kelsey would have done better at that Christmas game than we did? I, I think know. she would have done better. I don't Good know. Good question. I honestly thought everyone was going to do better at that game. <laughs> everyone, di- you all disappointed me. <laughs> he was even telling me about this before. I was like, nobody's going to get any of these. <laughs> then we didn't <laughs> he, well, yeah he was right <laughs> well no if i told you correctly i said the first two games are easy to semi-easy i said i feel like only the last game is going to be the hardest but it's going to feel yeah, like you the weren't easiest. that specific as to what it was going to be yeah I, I wasn't specific at all what i was doing i said but the last game is going to feel the easiest when i explain it i said but by the time we start doing it it's going to be the hardest and that's what's going to be the funniest <laughs> I was expecting y'all to just do better on the first two rounds. <laughs> We're just all dummies is what we found out. I mean, it was like, is it is it Frosty? Is Look, it Frosty? Am I white? Is it the Grinch? I, I've, I've talked about this off air a few am times. Am I but, human? But I, I'll bring this up now. Go back if, if you feel like if Christmas hadn't completely burned you out. Go back and re-listen to that. <laughs> These fuckers, every time they asked a question, they asked some sort of variation of, was it a cartoon yeah. or was it mine animated? Mine a song. Motherfuckers. <laughs> mine a it's, song. It's Christmas. It's yes. Like, it's like motherfuckers. It's Christmas. Everything around Christmas time, Christmas character is animated. <laughs> what and, Christmas and character has not been animated at some point in time. Everyone wasted at okay. least one question on is it animated. We're all, we're all, he totally had that moment of like, good question. I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm actually going to come back with an answer. There's no, there's, there's no Tim Allen Santa Claus cartoon. That's true. Well, but wait, it wasn't that Tim, specific either. It was just Santa, Santa Claus. <laughs> there's plenty of That's animated Santa Claus. We were getting too wait, specific. Is the question Tim Allen Santa Claus or Tim Allen himself? Because I'm pretty no, sure you Tim Allen's been in a claymation somewhere in the 90s. You weren't too specific. You were too vague. Because... <laughs> And Again. then Christian would come on and be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, even Krampus has been animated. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I definitely wouldn't. I couldn't tell I you where, Christian but I'm sure he was. I don't. Oh, there's but. like current Christmas specials where he's been animated. Yeah, but that's only been like in the past 10 years where like it's because of internet animation. culture. It's, it's still animation. <sighs> but we were adults by then. But not I everyone don't give looks a at fuck. YouTube and all the now, now that we're adults, do we not recognize moving cel- like colored objects in a animated form to be cartoons animation? Uh, if you're blind, we're not. Okay, we're not. <laughs> no, but just in case. <laughs> if we were blind, I wouldn't be bitching about this. <laughs> like, Is he gray? To you, yes. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So Rudolph the red nosed reindeer. You know what red is? <laughs> no. Nah, that's like a what's deep, a reindeer? That's like a deep gray dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's a reindeer? So like, what's his fucking nose? <laughs> mm. Oh god, we're being it was, assholes it was a now. good time. It was good. Um, but kind of going back to like a regular radio game. I don't know. Like I, I think of like Ace and TJ, John Boy, Billy. Like, they'll do something on there. But oh I was, yeah, like a Playhouse kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, that's eh, a little. See, there's one game that one of my favorite podcasts play that like 
there's enough of our listenership that also listens to that show. So it's like, I can't grab it and use it. It's like too much of a ripoff. But you know how most people do like uh, two truths and a lie? Oh, yeah. These guys do two, li- two lies and one truth. Yeah. So it's, it kind of makes it more fun. There's more creativity to it and that you ch- pick wilder stories. And it's like, I would love to play that game. But it's like they do it. And it's like a lot of our listenership is a huge fans of that show. So it's like it's too much of a ripoff, so we can't do it. Do you remember when we talked about doing a Cards Against Humanity thing, like getting people yeah, around I just drinking or whatever? I think that would still be pretty fun. Do like a round or two of Cards Against Humanity. Because mm. it's still see how spoken. Wrong we really are. Yeah, because because it's, <laughs> it's still just spoken. There's not too much of a visual for that. Yeah, you yeah. read back cards when you get them. You know stuff like that. So I don't know. I was kind of thinking on that one. That, yeah, cause I just kind totally of thought of that too. Because like we talked about it, yeah. like when we first started doing this thing. It's like how silly would it be if we just got a bunch of people around and just got hammered and played cards against humanity on the mic? <laughs> well, no, I'm just sitting here thinking as like a you know like the way we end an episode, like right before what the fuck are we listening to? We play a game of cards against humanity, three hands, you know, or like fir- first person to three wins. Oh, I remember. I remember it. It was uh, everybody was uh, talking about you know getting their uh, just having beer or whatever or like weed or whatever their vice of choice is and just like playing cards against humanity and calling it cards against sobriety or something yeah. like that. I think that'd be a funny like video episode. Oh yeah, Dude, totally. that's something else that you should do is actually like get a stream going of one of the podcasts. Well, kind of like what um your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin Smith does. Well, he doesn't totally really, my he friend. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, our friend. He doesn't really do streaming that much anymore. I mean, but still, Comic Book Men was a podcast and it was a show. Kind of. <laughs> well, uh, see, but well, that's what I'm getting at. The the podcast that we're talking about is Tell Him Steve Dave, and oh. that was. Tell him Steve Dave was the origin of comic book men. That's where all that started from. Mm. So Walt Flanagan, Brian Johnson, they're they are Tell him Steve Dave along with Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers. Just because they're all buddies. Yeah, gotcha. So before Impractical Jokers, before comic book men, there was Tell him Steve Dave. Those three doing episodes, and they came up with the one true three, you know, and that kind of stuff. And someone wanted to do a uh, comic book show where it was like you know, comic book pawn stars basically yeah and they asked kevin he was like yeah we should you know we'll, we'll put out a thing you know best comic shop in the nation you know we'll hold, hold some auditions you know this that and the other and uh, he's like i've even got a place we can shoot a pilot and the guy was like wait what do you mean he goes i own a comic shop he's like wait you own a comic shop why yeah, are we I got why, two of them he's no it was just one at this point oh, okay. he's like yeah i've got a comic shop he goes then why are we putting out a thing why don't we just do it at your shop he goes film a test pilot and we'll see and so they implemented elements of tell them steve dave with pawn stars and that's how they came up with comic book men and walt and brian were just immediate hits on there ming chen does not work at the store (laughs) (laughs) um zapsic does but no, Ming, he was their like web designer and like he yeah. maintained the website, you know, the message boards and shit like that. But he was put on the show as an quote employee. Right. I mean, he's still technically employed. Just yeah, not he just event. didn't work at the shop. Yeah. Right. They're, all, they're all under Kev's umbrella, Kevin Smith's umbrella. And yeah. So on his staff and everything. So, yeah. So even kind of what I was saying on that, it's like. That that was pretty fun because that just kind of naturally spawned out of that. Now, tell them Steve Dave does a lot of video content on their own because that kind of doing comic book men kind of broke them into doing semi scripted television where they're like, okay, well, 
we'll just come up with a bunch of really weird, fun games where, you know, people are set up to fail and this will be funny content. You know, it's, I may have taken small inspiration with that, with the final game we played. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's like, we kind of did play something like that. And there's nothing wrong with using or no, at it's least, inspiration. Yeah. None and of you, the games we played were direct ripoffs of anything they had done. It was just used for inspiration. But I would like to find just something that would kind of tag along with that. But when you were talking about video, I feel like, and we said this in earlier episodes, but it's been so long, I don't mind rehashing it, which is, I feel like if there was a camera right here filming these episodes, the vibe would change. Yeah, because we've talked about this uh, when we first started doing it, because obviously that was brought up do we want to oh, do yeah, video? big ideas starting things out what what's what's our limits how far do we want to go with it sort of thing and cat brought up you know well we've got our phones you know and we can easily sync up the audio and video why don't we film the episodes on you know video and it's like that would be fun but at the same time it's like the room we're in i want to stage it a little bit better you right. know make it more visually appear appealing yeah so it's like we don't have like an actual area to really film it and make it look good you, you mean i mean i'm looking around right now and i'm like well, yes there's this, a lot of stuff on the walls and everything but. i mean this looks like somewhere you would have a band podcast but it's like one of those deals where you probably have to set up like a camera one camera two in order to make this any visually appealing i mean and to be honest if we did it i'd probably rotate the table to where it's like this is the backdrop but even then i'd want to replace and clean up some of that you yeah. know and make it look proper and then it's worrying about lighting because i've got shit lighting in here and it turns into an ordeal you know how much extra of an ordeal do we want to fuck with it on you know and the most important thing is i remember you uh, bringing this up too when the idea of video was brought up in that it's just one more eye on you it feels like something is watching you while you're trying to relax and you know just vent on the mic or whatever too yeah because i feel that there's a certain level of comfort that people get just eventually just ignoring the mics and just kind of sitting here and talking like we have been for the last little bit before we even turned on the mics, you know? Yeah. And it would you th think about uh, having a camera on you right now. Do you think you would have like a different, you know, uh, feeling of ease or whatever, or unease just as a result, or just like one more thing to add to your, uh, I don't know. Comfort man. Zone? I would say, uh, We've been streaming for the last couple you're of months. you're used to it. Yeah, I'm used to it. So I'm not going to look at the mic. I'm, I will glance at the mic or glance at whatever screen, maybe, um, a little bit during the production. But I'm not going to... I'm basically going to have the same demeanor I have right now. So but that's, that's after getting used to it. Right. So, may, okay, maybe I'll clarify. If, if it was like the three of us every single week, I feel that would be different. Yeah. Because... Your cap's even used to a, a camera being pointed at you for years of me doing it. You know, right. you, he's gotten used to when we go record. If he sees me with my phone out, just don't fucking pay attention to me. Just go along with your business because he knows I'm just filming B-roll for something. So it's like he's used to that. Of course, I'm used to it uh, because I've even done YouTube videos for the place I work doing like review videos. So I'm used to it. And so are you. So I feel like. And we have different people on, and it might not be comfortable yeah, for so everybody. I don't think every episode should be like that, but maybe like you could do a special. Oh yeah, point. yeah. No, there's. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but uh, the guy that created that right there, that's on top of the two uh, kiss s's. Okay, I'd we're like not that... looking at the cat with the orange. No, <laughs> the thing right behind it. Uh, oh. I'd like to have the guy that created that back, and we'll do a video episode of us uh, breaking it in and actually demonstrating it. That's a great idea. Ooh, board games. <laughs> Fucker, I was working around that. <laughs> oh, my bad. Editing. <laughs> 
but yeah, so I think it'd be really fun to have him on and do all that. But and and that would be a good video episode. I'm actually playing. Uh, I'll be seeing him in February. Yeah. Ooh. All right. This is going to be exciting. And and actually, well, I was going to say we'll talk about off air, but I'm I might as well ask you now on this because I think it would be fun to eventually do a live stream, but not a video live stream, an audio live stream of an episode. An audio. Hmm. I mean, for audio the time being, stream? like audio, st- hmm. like what we're doing right now, but having, is there a way like looking at this device? Is there an output to where I could connect it to an external streaming service and broadcast it out? Probably be a delay or something like that. Uh, well, that like don't worry about delay, but it'd be like live radio kind of thing. That. Like we could. Okay. Well, think about Twitch just without a video stream. It'd just be audio stream. I mean, maybe that has to that well, has maybe. to be possible. Yeah, that's, that's, okay, I'm pretty okay. sure, like that's all right, what. Th- all right, think yeah. about. All right, we do this. We just create a fucking loop video of our uh, graphic. You're just talking about like a live podcast. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. I was possible. saying, like, looking at this though, is there an output on this with the equipment to that do we that? Have. That's, oh, that's, that's what I'm asking. It, but I think it's going to be the look same. at it. It's right here. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> right. Just look at it. Will you just look at it? USB remote. Yeah, so it's like just and there's w- nothing on that side. How you like this, listeners? Uh, we're we're <laughs> figuring it, we're figuring out how to podcast on a podcast. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Like the USB or the, the remote function. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'd like to kind of figure something out on that. I think that would just be a fun one. That way, we could actually do like live callers, do like a live oh, call for episode, sure. call and roast us. <laughs> yeah, we we would have to like promote that in advance oh of but course we'd obviously course. go over that yeah oh, yeah, yeah. No, i mean yeah totally i totally. think that'd be fine you have to hire a screener <laughs> no no screener at all man no screeners because you got to dump them too to get rid of them it's like hey thanks for the call let me, ha- let me give you a chance to uh give my no, rebuttal no no i just i'd set up a skype number because i wouldn't give out my personal number i just set up a skype number and just be like hey here's the number at any time you know we're talking give us a call and anytime the phone rings be like oh shit we got a caller and just answer the phone on speakerphone I'm or right. I have it connected as another external, and then we just hear it. I don't know. It just makes me think of like uh, I had a gig one time where I was uh, I was screening phone calls uh, for a college radio uh, football basketball program, and like college athletic fans are pretty fucking gnarly when they call in. Well, see, mm-hmm. but that's the thing though. You're dealing with a college radio station. Well, like, We're dealing that, with our own fan base. I know it's our own fan base, but it just made me think of that too. It's like people want to go crazy over the. Uh, well, then it's lesson learned, and then that's a memorable episode. Also that. Don't give people ideas either. We got to have the main idea that people are going to be go good. I always go for like the worst case scenario I based know. on the I mean, if you want to set up some embarrassing shit for later, then go right on ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think I think that would just be kind of fun to do. Just do a live episode time or two. I'd definitely be on board for that. I will figure out how that works and get back to you. Okay. Yeah, figure. I, ha- I have a feeling already that if we were to do it we'd have to get a different board we have to get a yeah small we'd have to upgrade equipment yeah well i mean that's that's the name of the game anyways uh, i mean it's gonna it's gonna happen yeah i see it i see it in your face i know i know i know uh, i know what if we got but the- think about this if we upgrade equipment then you'll have a button that goes Bloop. And, or any sound effect you want. And you'll have that soundboard at your disposal. So anytime you want to add in a funny noise or like if Mikey's not here and you just want to, ha uh-huh. 
then you've got it. You've got it already programmed. So we're going to turn into the typical morning radio. Yeah, really. We're going to do like the shock jocks. <laughs> Welcome to the S -S 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 Something Good For You podcast. <laughs> I mean, not like anything like that, but I'm just saying. Hey, you know. man, you're listening to Alex Stills with the Something Good For You podcast. And we're sitting over here with Captain Nine. Hey, Maverick Radio, 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 Radio. All radio, the radio. On the podcast network, network, network. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Shit, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, it'd be kind of cool. But that's you get that chance if you want the upgrade, or if you want upgrades to do things. That's what you get. That's, you get the bad side and the good side. We, that's that's the extra episode we upload for April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh God. God. Be, I want to be on that one. <laughs> oh man, that'd be pretty funny. So many ideas. I got. I can't wait to listen back to this and uh, write all this down. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we were talking about last week how we're all just kind of like uh, plotting our year out and everything too, uh, as far as like uh, getting. Uh, oh, you were talking even. With on uh, your end about what's going on in, uh, with your day to day activity and what you want to do going forward, what how uh, how's that going? Yeah, how's that going? What's uh, the, what, what are the goals? What are the goals for this year? What I are mean, your goalies? goals are. What are the goalies? What, what are the goalies? <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. Damn. I mean, goals are getting out there, trying to catch as many shows as possible, trying to get more on to um, just video, uh, videography, photography, figuring out the best ways, uh, things that I have taken from bands that I've talked to and shown whatever I've done of their footage or love of their set. It's like a lot of this stuff is as good as a DSLR. Um, you've, I mean, I have me and Bonnie have both figured out how to best use our cameras mm -hmm. and now I'm just like, okay, but we still need this upgrade. We yeah. still need to get better cameras. We still, if we want to do more like sharper footage, um, just having that better quality, that, that nice little edge. Yeah. And I think that's going to be worth it. Also, getting a new desktop, but that's that's basically anything that I make, or you know, if I'm if I'm covering your show, anything that I make doesn't go into my pocket. It goes to new equipment so that we can do better and go bigger and have this and have that available just in case anyone needs it. So I may just be ignorant, but I've had a. I, you mentioned that earlier, and when I was going upstairs getting ready for the show, uh, I had an idea. So let's see, is this a thing or not? Or did we have a million dollar idea here? Think Kickstarter, but Kickstarter, you work to a main goal, okay? And you have to reach a certain price goal, and it's like you get like reward levels. It kind of works in a certain way. Wait, you mean Patreon, right? No, not no, like Kickstarter, like like you like like Kickstarter for like an album release, you know? So it's like okay, we need three thousand dollars to release this record, you know? You, you it kind of works like a pre-order, but it's, yeah. it's just through Kickstarter. I'm sorry. It's pretty common. Yeah. yeah. A way, and not even like Patreon, where it's like a monthly thing, but say your goal is to get a camera, like a more professional camera, okay? Mm -hmm. And you know, in order to do that, you need this much money. Through this profile, you set it up, and it's built for creators basically transparent like i trade my services and this is my end goal and you have to prove your end goal results so if your goal is to get a camera and you need throwing out a random number i have absolutely no idea you need a thousand dollars okay um 
you go, okay, in order for me to reach $1,000, I've got these video shoots, so you can buy these. I've got photo shoots, buy these. And it's like the ticker goes up, and it's like when it finally reaches that goal, you're, you're given the money, and it's like you've still been working all this time just to get it in, but they're holding on to it for you until you reach that goal. You get that goal, and then you get to post the results from it. But then you also have the option of going back in. It's like, all right, well, thank you so much for the support. This is now what I'm doing with it. Now with the new camera, here are my new rates. And with this, um, I would say in order to be able to provide you guys with a better service, a new external mic for this camera would give you guys better live recording. So if you've been enjoying my content so far, uh, this new microphone is, you know, 500 bucks. You know, so it's even lesser than my last goal. So I've got some new packages up. Um, help get me to my goal so I can get you a new microphone to do better audio recording for your live videos. I think that would be an interesting service. It's not necessarily Kickstarter where you're trying to self-fund something, but you're trading your services in order to upgrade your gear. That would be an interesting service. I don't... It's I'm a good sure. idea. It, yeah, it's a good idea. Because think about it, you've I don't been know kind anything of, like that because you've been either. because you're doing the roundabout way. You've been promoting your new photo and video specials, and you're telling me that's like every penny of that's just going into getting you this new camera. Well, how about a service that makes that transparent, where you're like, "Hey, I'm trying to get you guys a new camera so I can do better photos for you. So buy my programs, and I'm getting up there. I'm almost there. You know, just you know." Hey guys, seriously, spread this around. I'm trying to get some work. You know, I'm not asking for a handout. If you pay me this amount of money, I'll come do your shit. I'm just trying to get some better equipment so I can do better for you guys. And that's all any engineer or like any producer wants when that you pay them. They're just pay, they're just taking that money and just buying better equipment. Oh yeah. Like every time we've recorded at Steve's, Steve doesn't necessarily get a payday from that. Every time we pay him, he gets a new toy for the soundboard. Yep. He gets a new plug-in. He gets something new for the studio. So it's like he's not really making profit on us. When bands go and record in a studio, he gets new gear. It's like none of us are in this to make money. We make money to get more quality stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, for like, and take advantage of more quality opportunities and stuff like that. That's mm -hmm. what you make money for. Yeah. Yeah. At least in my eyes. Yeah. And that's it. Like, I, I have a day job. I go in, go out, and that's pay rent, pay bills, whatever, all that. And then everything that I everything that I now do in the scene that I, you know, I'm like, hey, what's your price? Okay, well, I'm going to this venue. This is what I'm looking at. And then that's it for me. It's like, yeah, I still kind of see myself as very new. So I don't, I'm not trying to encroach on anybody's territory, which I definitely am very skeptical, very sketchy about, very, very careful not Honestly, to go man, in. There's not, I don't think there's really that much territory as far as like, uh, media for like local music outside of a few print things here and there. We talked about this last time, but uh, we were talking with uh, Mike Phillips earlier today about you know how there's a lot of podcasts starting up and there's a lot more streaming uh, avenues for uh, local music and stuff like that. It's I think it's definitely a new territory for this town at least. I would at least I feel like it is photography wise though no um, definitely not I don't, photography wise I don't wise, know if, but like I think Kelsey was saying it's like she sees me everywhere like I'm I've I'm pretty aggressive with that. Like, I'm trying to go out as much as possible, trying to hit as much as possible. And not um, and there's not many that's people a great that do thing. that. But I do see a lot of the photographers over at the Milestone. I do catch some of the same faces going over to other venues. And, like, if and you guys the, are listening and the, to this, And the only reason for it is because they're doing the same thing you do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not... And they've been in doing this for a lot longer. They have a lot more experience. And that's what I'm like. That's why I, I don't really 
price as much. I don't go too high because I'm like, well, I mean, like these guys have been doing for longer, and I want to give them their due. Yeah. Because and that's that's my respect to anybody else who's been doing this for a while. It's like, hey, I'm new. I'm not as experienced as you, so I'm not gonna. I don't want to charge as much because I don't know if you're gonna like what I do. I hope you do. I hope you give me a chance. And that means the world to me. And that still give like, I want you to give these people your business too. And honestly, I think it really just comes down to just like bands, you know, it's, I feel there's a lot of similarities between photographers and bands Definitely because, a lot of parallels. because anyone and their brother can make a band. Anyone and their brother can become a photographer. The only thing standing in the way of either of those is the equipment. Yep. Anyone can go to Target, purchase a Canon, start taking photos. Great, they're a photographer. You know, that's Shit. that's their definition of it. Just like someone that picks up a guitar and learns an A chord is now a musician. They haven't written a song necessarily, but they can play, so now they are quote a musician. Well, then in um I was like the I can't remember the old cracked writer, but it's like so I write a shopping list, I'm officially a writer. It it kind of yeah. turns into that. I took a good selfie and posted it on Instagram. I'm an Instagram model. But it's almost of the same mind frame though, you know? So so what what separates everyone from that? The quality and the hustle. Yeah. No, if there's anything that I would argue it's it's always going to be the hustle is a key component. Like if you're out there doing a thing, if you have the time, if you're putting any uh, any sort of effort into this to get out then like yeah the hustle is will always if, be recognized yeah. if your face is out there for the most part then like you're going to be recognized you will be asked about someone will recognize you eventually um and here's the other thing too you may see a lot of different photographers but they all have their own style like right. i know someone's photos by looking at them you know, it's like so everyone kind of has their own image. Everyone has their own framing and style and color balance. They like using the set and the other. And maybe like someone's may stick like um, I am completely escaping on his name, but he does a lot of photos. He did some of the Annie scene ones where it's that fish eye where it's kind of swirly around it. Oh, you're talking about uh, in Pasquini? Yeah. Pasquini? That, that's, yeah. That's kind of like his vibe. That's his style. You can look at any of those photos and know that's him. You know, that's the main lens he uses and like that's his thing. When he goes out to the shows, he he almost barely looks at the viewfinder. Yep. He's just going snap, he snap, snap. He's a reckless kind of photographer. He literally like snuck up on me on that one any scene show. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, just because he knows me and everything. He's like, and surprise. We'll just, and we'll just take so many photos. But then he's got like a good maybe 20 or 30. He uploads because they turn out really cool. He's also but, a killer. So that's, it's also a killer fiddle player. Just saying. <laughs> so, that, so that's like his style of photography. So. That doesn't encroach on something like um, Paul Jones. Yeah, uh, he takes very good, crisp, like dynamic-looking live shots because he's taken photos of us before, and they, and especially for that time era in like Tremont and stuff. Some yeah. of my favorite photos, like he just had a good eye for it. So it's like his style photos were even very different from other ones we'd worked with in the past that I loved. And it's like everyone's vision and style is just a little different. And I see that in yours too. I see that in like your postings and such. So I think that when you start getting your more professional gear and you start messing with your final edit or your framing or exactly how Johnny takes his photos, I don't think you're going to wind up stepping on anyone's toes because you have your own sound to take it back or vision because I was going to say take it back to bands. If we played like 
every other band here in town, no one would give a shit. No one would pay attention. So you got to change it up some. Be your own unique thing. All of a sudden, you're not just another band added into the pile. You're your own unique thing. So you're not stepping on anyone's toes because you are your own beast. And and nobody's doing what you're doing either as, as you know, we try to like figure out what you're doing, but at the same time, you're the only one doing what you're doing as far as like the streaming and the photos. That's and exactly the blogs what I was going to say because there are that. other people that do streaming. There are other people that do photos. There are other people that do blogs. You know that sort of thing. I, I just may be ignorant, and I apologize ahead of time. But I'm honestly not aware of anyone that does everything you do. They may grab two or three or one or two, but I don't think that they hit all the different marks that you do as heavily on Instagram, on streaming, on I mean, promotion. I think the closest you're going to come to is, you know, it's uh, Ryan Pitkin, um, Justin's Mag, uh, Queen City Nerve. Like, they hit everything, but they have, I think they have the they have the people too, let me just be honest. Right, but that's multiple people, not one person. Or, you know, um, Bonnie helps me on Sundays with streams, and she also comes out and helps with some shoots too now. Yeah, but, but that, it's yeah, but that's it's a like more recent development. Right, it, Nerve still has minimum five people on staff. You know, so that's still five people doing a newspaper, a podcast, and they have people that they hire to do photos. So it's like they're not even personally really taking photos. They work at like any other magazine would. They they hire freelance to do photos and, you know, interviews and reviews and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's not a negative. That's just how it works. Yeah, no, I guess. But I'm just saying a single man or, you know, now two man operation doing as much as you do. I honestly can't think of another indie person that does it. No, I guess I guess not. Because because it's, it's like as much cool as about that too, isn't because it? it's like yeah, ner- it's because kind of DIY, it kind of fits my profile. Because it's like Nerve is extremely DIY. You know, they don't have corporate backing in the slightest, but there's still amount. There's still a little bit more money that goes into it than what either of us do. <laughs> you know, so that that just adds a certain level of professionalism, I guess, or a certain level of notoriety because of the amount of finance you can sink into something. Because you can pay for promotion. Because you can pay to do all the different outlets. You can pay people to go out to shows to give you content you get know, all, get like all the advertising you gotta have like sales for all that stuff and too. it can still be indie but it's like they just have the capital to really do it upright you're pushing everyone sitting at this table is a one or two man operation working nine yeah. to five sinking our personal money into it as much as we can yeah that's I don't know. Like it's, and neither one is more important than the other. I'm not saying right. what we do is you know better than what Nerve no, no, does. No, 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 no. I'm saying yeah, they, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. they have the leg up in a positive, and like right. they, they're more experienced. Exactly. Like they have like all the journalistic, you know, credit They've been and doing all that it for too. Years so yeah. years and years. Oh yeah, well, like it's and it was a a transfer from creative loafing over to Queen City Nerve. It's yeah. just not having that overhead anymore, and they they more or less still do the same thing, and they they get more at the same reception maybe mm-hmm. even more so because of that so because yeah. creative loafing near the end even though like a lot of the same staff you know that, that was, was working episode, there to man. go into nerve even that that was a huge ordeal even be- even before the whole di- even before the whole thing dissolved like the name itself wasn't that popular because they were shortening down their music section. It was a lot yeah. more opinion-based articles, not really what's going around town. It was more like, we have hired people to give columns and opinion pieces, and yep. that's what you're getting the magazine for Just now. All not, takes. Yeah, and not not any sort of, this is what's going on. This is, this is what I think. 
kind of mindset with everyone. So it felt like the magazine itself just wasn't doing well, but then ever since Nerve started doing it and it felt like the writers maybe had control again and started doing a lot more music and a lot more just more informative. My, yeah. Like, yeah, like they're I gotta use the bathroom. <laughs> Ryan goes very hard in the community base. I think the, when I talked to him over at the Evening Muse, um, scores and scores of months ago, <laughs> that was one thing where I was like, "Hey, you know, how can I get in on this? Like, hey, I need someone on the beat. Can you be? Can you go and go investigate this? Do you have experience in investigating?" I'm like, "Well, yeah. more entertainment media." And it's like, "Well, okay, um, just send me what you have sometimes." And that's that's something I still have to approach him with because there's definitely a few things that. As much as I love self-promotion and publishing my stuff myself, not everyone's going to see 20XX. Not everyone knows what it is. Yeah. But everyone knows what Queen City Nervous, so it's like, okay, so how do I take this thing that I want to promote and send it to a higher ground? It's like, right. let me bring it before this man. I'm like, hey, please publish this in your magazine because this will see more eyes and these people deserve the credit that I can't personally give them, but maybe I can give it to them through you. Exactly. Now, that makes all the sense in the world. And that's also when it becomes um, like bands regularly help everybody in the scene, and I can I can bring the writing thing through um, the music scene on the basis of because people help each other in the music scene, because different drummers will go to different bands, have two three gigs, because some like because Charlotte's the Wild West of music at this point. You have a lot of very social but professional relationships and everyone gets their win in the end. Everyone gets their cut and it's, that is a really good relationship. There's no, you don't have to have competition at that point. No one's in competition. Everyone's just working together to make a bigger scene. Yeah. To make it something that everyone can come to. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that's, that is something that I, I aspire to what? with what I do. Unity with the scene? Are you crazy? I'm just kidding. Get out of Cap. <laughs> could y'all like peeing again? Could y'all hear me peeing there on the mics? <laughs> like Mikey? I was going to say, like, Mikey let the door open. <laughs> Boy was raised in a damn barn. I mean... That's about all I got to say about that. <laughs> well, you've just been a busy man. We, we're all busy. We're all busy. Mm-hmm. I know it. I got... It's like too, so many bands are trying to do. Uh, I want to do some recording projects this year too, and might get started on that next week. Pending, pending podcast schedules, work schedules, rehearsal schedules. That's another. So you're talking about like figuring shit out. It's like that's what I got to plan my weekends around. It's like every Monday. It's like all right, when is this rehearsal? When is uh, this session? When is this this and this? Uh huh. I was gonna say that's that was actually the question we started, and then we got into like a whole informative session over like what we're doing. So, okay. Um, I'll get back to that. So maybe think about picking up the podcast that I was doing before again, mixing mm-hmm. music and gaming, uh, definitely mixing up the IG or just the social media, doing more album reviews, doing more music reviews, um, and just doing more videography, photography. And I feel like if I, if I cut a few things out, but add a few things in, it'll be like, you know, You'll, I'll I'll finally hit that thousand people looking at my WordPress, which is a dead blog at this point. So let me ask you this though, because I, I have to kind of evaluate this every so often. Out of everything in your workflow, what makes you go the most? Cat <laughs> farting—that's what does it. My stink, man. My I hope stinky that, farts. I hope that was picked up. <laughs> um, what makes me go the most? Um, 
honestly, I would say we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Like, I'll write a short story every time I go on IG because I, I want to give a talk about this band, talk about the music because I listen to everything on Spotify. I listen, well, I try to listen to everyone on Spotify every day and every band coming through. I try to give credence to this and that. And sometimes I just don't find the words or I've said something so many times that I, I'm just like, ugh. Because I'm like, I'm reading what I'm writing back in my head. I'm like, God, I'm writing that again? I'm doing this again? I'm like, you never want to get to a perpetual cycle where you start to get bored because then it becomes obvious in your writing and in your work. And it's, it, and that's ugly. That's ugly to people and that's ugly to you. And if it's ugly to you, then it's just become less and less. And then maybe you just stop doing it. You stop doing the thing that you loved. And yeah, exactly. And you don't want it to ever come to that either because... No. Like, I've fallen into those traps with various projects here and there. You want to evolve. You don't want to fall out. You don't want to do it just to do it. Right. No, and we were actually discussing it heavily right before the episode. It's like, that's kind of what I was going through recording this last album. It's like, I was getting to a point where I was just like... (sighs) Yeah, (laughs) it's just like, I'm, I'm fucking done with this. But it's like getting a new person, breathing a new light breath of fresh air into it, all of a sudden got me excited for it again. And, you know... Now it's a product I'm fucking proud of. And before it was just going to be, oh, fuck. Oh, well. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I'm fucking done with this. I'm just, uh. <laughs> that was your uh moment. Oh, yeah. That that was my uh moment in all of this. And, and like, I would say just like my typical workflow, it's like as much as I enjoy the end output, editing this show. <laughs> and it's not the sequencing and it's not the listening back to it it's the converting and the waiting for stuff to load because these are long ass files and it's like you do editing before you do the mixing you know you compress it you know normalize the audio and then you bring it into the program then you mix it all together and put the segment pieces in so it's like when I'm editing the raw files and compressing them and normalizing them and doing everything else just loading up an hour and a half, two hour file takes like fucking 15 minutes, you know, 10 minutes to get into the program. And then it's like when you apply something then you're waiting for all that to apply and then you got to do a few more things and then you're saving it. Do that three or four times. Man, I still think SoundForge would be perfect for you on that. I don't know, man. I'm one of those people that's like, I get in my routine and I like it. It's like, I may bitch about it, but it's like anything to change that routine. It's like, it's not going to be the same. Well, it's, it's not, not going to sound the same. It's not changing habit. the routine. It's more or less like this program works a little bit better, works a little bit faster, does a little better of a job of this. But we're, we're so used to the mindset of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because I'm guilty of that too. I feel you. And honestly, I don't think it's a program change. It's just the files are just so large. Regardless of what program I would use, it's just dealing with such large files. And, you know, editing such large pieces that just the nature of it is just going to take a while. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and that's the only thing I hate because I I would like to just plug this straight in and just go, well, there's the episode. I just got to put the outro and the intro in and boom, we're done. You know, because it's like I thoroughly enjoy doing the podcast. I just don't like fucking plugging it in and then waiting like all night before I can even start 10, editing years it. years before actually being able to post it on Patreon and then Spotify. Well, it's like not even that, but it's like when I plug in the SD card, like if I were to start editing this tonight, I wouldn't even get to the point of listening to it before I went to bed just for like editing the actual files down. It's like tomorrow morning, then I could sequence everything, then start listening to it. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. 
So that's just all it is. It's just how long it takes to see, format see, everything. So when we get a budget, we can hire a guy to do that. But see, even then, I don't know if I'd want to because <laughs> it would change. They would be using a different program. They the, wouldn't be using my shit. And there's like, then there's, there's like money out of our pockets. And then yeah, you right. miss it, and you want to be like, well, I missed the days when I did this, and I no longer. And you just. You know, looking through out a window and it's raining and like sad music comes on. <laughs> it's like ditto. And 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 here's the other thing too. I'll listen to an episode and then I'll be like, okay. and sometimes I'll go through and do like one final edit before I do the upload. And I'm like listening to it and I'll go, that's a long pause there. I kind of want to trim that up some. And I'll pull it in and I'll fiddle with it for five minutes and I was like, ah, there's really no good way to, you know, trim it up and make it still sound natural. I guess I'll leave it. I so, start working on that. So I can go through all that and realize it and go, all right, yeah, well, that's not going to work. I've now hired someone to edit our episodes. He sends me a file, listen back to it, and I go, hey, yeah, that, that there's a little bit of this here to this here. Let's turn that up some. He comes back to me and says, can't be done. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, well, if I was editing these fucking shows, I can get it done. Why the fuck can't you get it done? It's fucking cutting out a simple little thing here. Is why, why can't we make this flow? You know, but it's like until I was able to actually physically look at it and see it for myself, then I could let it go. It's like, okay, well, that's not that big a deal anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> but if I'm having someone else do it and they're like, yeah, it's just not going to flow right. Or, you know, there's a background noise that, you know, makes it sound like a weird jump cut. Yeah, you know, you we might somebody, just leave it. Because you got somebody else's perspective on it and somebody else's, you know, oh, yeah. how they see yeah, it. Yeah, and then some, and then maybe they trim something out I didn't want them to trim. Be like, I thought we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, it just didn't feel like it worked that well. Well, mm, I didn't ask <laughs> you to do that. Yeah, that's that's it's better that you just do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see? <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah, I, I run through that stuff a lot in my head. <laughs> no, it's totally reasonable, especially if it's like your baby and it's your creation and everything, too. Yeah, you don't want someone to mess with it too much or like... Um, was it recently we approached somebody to maybe like help out on a few things and then there was a Did, there was a dynamic of like power it's like well i want this this and this and oh no just, they were telling you what to do they were telling me it's like well i want this and i thought you were gonna give us I'm like well we gotta sit down and talk about this uh-huh. and that's that's one thing that i i really love to have is when i worked over at you know uncc niner time was running for the entertainment section like we would sit down once a week have a meeting face to face talk about things and if we need to air anything out we would it's like you gotta have that i don't i don't care for sitting like sending shooting someone a message on like facebook or sending an email because it's too interpersonal for me like if we're in the same town within the same mileage what's saying that we can't sit down once a week to do this like you're not too, if you're too busy to sit down with me and go over stuff and then you air your grievances or your bring in your suggestions you're too busy to work with 20xx that yeah, is absolutely that is 100 my stance if you're too busy for this then i don't want you around because if you're just going to be interpersonal that means that i don't really have a rein on you i don't yeah. have if i if i need you to answer for something you're not going to because you're not there. It's like, well, I don't have to be. And people forget how important all the communicate, all the, those little uh, communication, um, just dynamics, 
how important they are. Oh, nobody yeah. Nobody understands that. Absolutely. Nobody seems to. <laughs> I think people seem to, it's but like, it does get lost. Of mine. I was going to say, put a quarter in cap. He's getting wound up. Let's go. <laughs> I'm just, that just drives me nuts when like people just don't get back to you. They just don't. Mm-hmm. They say they're going to do something you don't hear from them or anything like that. It's just... Yeah. Just if if you're tied up, tell me you're tied up. <laughs> that's yeah, I mean like that's fine. If you can't make something weep, like okay, you know what? Uh, you're just you're busy. Yeah. Things came up. I get it, and I'm I will totally give you room for that. But if it's like every time, and I like if I don't see you for two weeks, I'll immediately be like, okay, you're probably out. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree. And we've had band members even do that shit, like just tryouts. Oh yeah, especially with the uh, saying probably like. Not super jet, but like both bands for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just people just have to be in the right head for it. They just got to want it. It is. It's like one of those deals where it's like, we want to work. It's like well, with what we do, we put in work. Yeah. You have to. And, and you, this, also, you also have to be human with the schedules that you're giving people. Like exactly. Me and Bonnie, at the very least, meet once a week. By the way, if you're not tuning into the Sunday streams, you should. Like tomorrow we're going to get on What's stream. What's the URL? And, you keep t- telling, t- telling people you know, to go it's, stream. It's Twitch, <laughs> but it's rf20xx underscore clt. There you go. So, so very, I mean, I, I put it in the last one. Like, I, I, I you gave did. you a file. Like, I'm <laughs> doing better. You are. These guys are my sponsors and they tell me what to do. Please send help. <laughs> no. I, Business all right, consultants. <laughs> no, it, we, we were talking about that the other night in the message. I was like, no, I'm not a fucking sponsor. We, we co-work. We work together. <laughs> I, I know, but at the same time, like, I just think it's funny. <laughs> um... But yeah, like, like you you have your corner. I stick you over there. You're fine. You do your thing in your I, corner. I, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like Bonnie, she does her own thing. She has her own schedule, and I respect that. And it's yeah. like so she will she'll come to a couple of shows. She'll show up at the house. We'll talk about things. She'll come on Sunday. We'll stream a game. We're about to start uh, Tales of Vesperia. Or I think we're gonna do like a roulette of certain games, like Final Fantasy VII remake. That's happening for a stream. We've got to do that because it's either going to be great or horribly not in, just just awful. <laughs> it's going to be the worst. It's going to be Crisis not. Core again. That's right, people. Roulettes are coming back. Get ready. Um, but yeah, she comes over once a week to do that, and like that works with her schedule, and that's I respect that, and I give her that breathing room. Yeah. And anyone who would want to come and help out, cover the scene, I would ha- I would apply that same logic, that same barrier to it. It's like, okay, you want to do this. This is what you're getting out of it. This is what I can give you. This is what I want you to do to achieve this, but it also must achieve your goals. Yeah. Like, I I feel like I have... I don't want to sit there and be like, well, I have the best this. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I try to work around and I try to give anyone that I work with the best that I can give and bring out the best that they can do. Absolutely. Like, There's nothing I feel like you with do that. with me. It's like, you want me... And like, me and Alex will go back and forth on Master and be like, okay, this is what I see you're doing. This is how I think it could be better. And you, you and me both agree that like this past week flowed a lot better. Yeah. And that's the type of thing. Like, it's good feedback you're working with and you grow you and grow also, together and also I'll, I'll be transparent with you on this from the first one i had that thought of why don't because essentially what we talked about was instead of going venue to venue go day to day give all your fridays give all your saturdays you know instead of going all milestone all snug stuff like that i had that thought from the first one but i knew that you were still getting into it so a good way to do that isn't immediately to jump on someone on their first or second time going, all right, what you're doing, change it. 
You know, it's like, no, you, you give them time to kind of get their footing. And it's like, once I started noticing the confidence that you had in the episode, you felt like you're a little bit more comfortable. I was like, cool, you're doing great. Let's try this though. Because at that point, that's not telling you immediately right off, hey, what you're doing is bad or wrong because it never was. Because you were still just kind of getting into it like our early episodes, you yeah. know? It's like our early episodes aren't bad i won't listen to them now but they're not <laughs> bad we just gotta we just had to figure out what we were doing you know right. i have listened to them and they're not bad but, but they're not good they're definitely a different beast definitely from what's going better. on now. <laughs> yeah they got better oh yeah like a lot a lot less pauses a little bit more of like you can just kind of improv some subjects on the fly oh and yeah and that, and that comes with time and it's just trial and error and figuring out uh, what works and what doesn't. And, you know, there are t- things that we tried that didn't work and some that did and then stuff that we found our uh, comfort zone with. Oh, yeah. And we just found that just the generalized talking like we do on most episodes just feels better. And I'll I'll come back with a little transparency. Like, I switched it up because you noticed that what I did for the last episode mm-hmm. was exactly how I print my listings. Yeah. But I changed it up specifically to see if I could fit something better or do something that would be more specific to something good for you. Yeah. Which I'm not going to say it didn't work, but it definitely made it a little bit more challenging. Yeah. And I can understand how that could be a little bit more challenging, but I feel like it also just helped it flow better because at least for like me personally, even knowing what's coming up and listening to it, there was a time or two I got confused on what we where we were. If that made any sense. Gotcha. Like there was a few times I was listening. I was like, wait a minute, is this Saturday or are we on? Okay. Oh, (laughs) we're on the other venue now. There was a few times where I was like kind of running into that. Okay. All right. See now I, yeah, no, that, yeah, that, that just clicked. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that was the the aha moment. (laughs) So it's like when you go light bulb. So it's like when you go, all right, if you're listening to this day one, here's Friday, like you did last week. And it's like, here's everything going on Friday. All right, if you're not tired, here's Saturday for you. This is everything going on. It just feels like that people listening may kind of compartmentalize that a little better and kind of follow it more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that was the only kind of feedback uh-huh. on that. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. I get okay. Wow, that just spent yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. I'm not trying to call you out or nothing. <laughs> no, no, like, I, I was like, just like you said I was like Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the revelation like in front of me. Shit. <laughs> 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 Well, I mean, this has been a pretty good episode. There's one more thing I would like to talk about, though, because we hadn't really you've brought it up a little bit before, but we hadn't really kind of delved into it. Honestly, I don't know if we talked about this on your first time, but Hmm. maybe not in depth enough to where I even remember. But like, what is the game console that kind of signifies like when you think of gaming? Like what what is the console you think of? Good question. Console that I think of. Um, We're not. We're we're just going to go into consoles and not even ask the question PC or console. No, because, because like when I think consoles, take I, brand loyalty out of it too. I, uh, I mean, I <laughs> I don't own an Xbox One. If that's, I out don't the, think I ever will. Well, although see, this I may will, be a, this may just be a too broad of a question, but it's like for me, it's like if you ask a musician, you know, when you think of rock and roll, what do you think of? Or when you think of punk rock, right. what's the first thing that comes to mind? Like if you said, what's a good what's Think of a punk rock band. My first thing would be like Ramones. So it's like when you say punk rock to me, I think Ramones. So like for kind of flip it, when I say, what's the game console that speaks to Johnny? 
for all the way from the first Atari to the newest Xbox that's about to come out? What kind of signifies oh, like? Now. Um, well, yeah, that, say... that was kind of the concept of the thing. Is like what when you think of gaming, what console comes to mind? I immediately comes to PlayStation. Yeah, um, see, but that's what I'm that's what I'm yeah, looking for. But I'm also like kind of dancing between it's like, but I. I, Nintendo is always going to be either that... And they're always dancing between one another. Like, mm. right now I'm feeling more PlayStation because I play more play PlayStation. Yeah. Which, I love my Switch, but it's... I mean, it's not gathering dust, but it's like, hey, you haven't played me in a couple days. You just <laughs> downloaded something recently. You bought something of a Christmas. What the hell? Yeah. And that's where, you know, they released uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, mm-hmm. the Definitive Edition, which adds some DLC, extra characters you can play as, and I waited for that specific release, yet haven't picked up the game. <laughs> which, and I might be playing, doing more streaming and playing more of this, so that'll go, go into uh, any go. of the other activities I do, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's... But if... If we're gonna go broader, if I had to like say like top two, top three, I would say it's like so it's gonna be PlayStation, Nintendo, PlayStation Four, Nintendo Switch, and anything that I can dig up on any retro consoles, which is yeah. always a roulette. That, that could be PS Two, that could be the Super NES Classic, that could be um, what's your PS Two? What's your favorite to revisit? Favorite to re- PS Two. Oh, PS Two had probably one of the most, the biggest and most diverse libraries that GameCube or Xbox so could many. not encapsulate on. I had so many PlayStation Two games. So like when I was like, had when I was playing video games, I probably had like shelves of just like PlayStation Two games that were like would I would get a bargain bins and stuff like Same. that too, just because. And it was easy, and it still is. Like if you go to like flea markets, you could still pick up a shit ton of PS2 games. Oh yeah. And I, I guess PS3 kind of picked up on that, but PS3 wasn't as diverse and wasn't as varied. It was like, before like all the games became like really cinematic too. Like PlayStation 2, they were still like replay value. There wasn't like the singular narrative that you had to go through all the beats and all of the scenarios and all that. Where it just felt like a game where you're just getting from point A to point B. But there's still it was a cohesive story yeah, like involved. Yeah, PS2 was more the prototype for that because that's when also I would say late to end. That's where you got your God of War. Well, I think Metal Gear Solid started all that as far as Ooh, cinematic, you know, themes, okay. and that was like PlayStation One. I would say some JRPGs kind of already had that going on, but that's that's its own niche and right. But yeah. at, at least that first game just felt like you were playing in a movie with like the the narrative and the the voice acting and all that too it was kind of like uh, nobody you didn't see that in like any other video games maybe resident evil and that was about it so you're gonna judge me on this probably pretty hard but i haven't played any of the uh metal gear solid games but i, I did either. read the novelization of the first game i mean oh, which yeah. still has a psycho Manus phase in it <laughs> it's like the stories are great but the thing was like you didn't want to replay them because you'd have to go through like every beat and every scenario because it was a story a heavily based story game yeah some people will still go like I, I talk to um, friends about like what what games do you like to revisit? Uh, recently, my friend Jason came in from Japan. He teaches over in Kyoto. Yes, nice. But it was like, hey, um, Super Mario RPG, or what characters do you want to come and smash? And we discussed Super Mario RPG, and I'm like, when was the last time you played the game? It's been years for me. I, I beat it once, and I was like, and I'm moving on. He's like, yeah, every every couple of years I'll go back and revisit, and I'm like, yeah. And I feel that because I did that with Final Fantasy IX for a while, and mm-hmm. I kind of there's some games that I do want to go revisit because what they just did a remaster for the Grandia series, yep. the first two games, and that's on the Switch, which I wish would come to the PlayStation because then I get trophies. But I'm like, what do I really need the trophies? I just want to play the damn game. <laughs> that's all I ever um, wanted to do whenever I want to fire up video games like 
went home for Christmas. My brother's got a Switch, and all I ever wanted to fire up was Mario Kart because you get do a couple of Grand Prix, and I'm done. Like I beat all of them. I got the trophies. Like, all right, I'm done. That took about, what, 30, 45 minutes? Yeah. And I do like to revisit, but I try not to do it too often because I don't want to get too stuck in like the past. Like I don't watch if I watch a show, I usually watch it once, and then I don't. Depending, <laughs> I don't have the. Oh, I, I cap. We talked about this. Week, oh, I, I know it. And I was like, but I just I don't find the desire to go and do it again because it. I think of like, okay, there's so much time that I'm that I'm not looking at something else. Like, if I wanted to go rewatch Marvel shows on Netflix, then I wouldn't be watching The Witcher, which I still have to finish. Right. Um, or anything else coming down the line, it's nice to revisit every now and then, but at the same time, I just don't get that same feeling, so I just go to the new show and try to get that euphoria. Yeah. No, and it's weird for me, because I was kind of thinking on that, too. It's like, you know, when I think video games was the first console I think of. When I was growing up, I never had a console that was outside Nintendo. Hmm. Dead serious. Until I started, uh, I moved in with uh, Tony, and actually, no correction. When uh, when I lived in Roanoke, um, my stepdad Eric he got an Xbox uh, 360. Yeah, and so we were. Uh, and the only thing I really played on that though was like Lego Star Wars. <laughs> but it's like outside of that, I never had another console outside of Nintendo. So it's like when I think gaming, my first thought is the Game Boy Pocket and the Nintendo 64. Like those seem to always be my go-tos where it's like if I want to play a video game, I wind up wanting to do play something that's on the 64 or I love busting out those old black and white Game Boy games. And, and, and talking about just like ooh. trying to stay current and everything, I don't have the money to do that because again, I've got the Switch right over there. I love my Switch, but the only game I've got for it is Mario Kart. I was borrowing Smash Brothers for a while, but here was the thing. I borrowed it from Jared and I had it for a few months I played it four times. Not because I didn't enjoy it. I had a great time. Love it. One of my favorite smashes next to Melee. Um, Melee was cool. But uh, everything else going on, I didn't wind up having time to sit down and even do it. And it's fast shit, like what Cap was saying. Play a few rounds, you're done. Yeah, you know? because we do so much and we invest our money in other things. Yeah, so it's like I can't justify spending $60, $70 on a new game that over the course of a couple months i'm only gonna play four times i mean that's why in you know uh just so that i get to do that because that is a main interest main hobby of mine right i brought in streaming i thought it was gonna be a cool way to be like hey you can actually interact with us on the fly live if you come in tune at this time but it's also me scheduling time for myself to go and play this game because i'm like i'm still i'm still a gamer i still see myself as that i still want to invest my time invest money maybe not as much Mm -hmm. because i'm not buying i don't want to ever be the guy that's like buying these games and they're just sitting in plastic on the shelf and, um, and that's what would happen with me after I played a time or two. I would just, it wouldn't even be that I would lose interest. It's just, I would, it would just get put on the back burner for so long and other things would be prioritized and I just, it would be so hard to get back to it. And that's not even a recent thing. Cause when I finally moved down here, um, I didn't have like a DVD player or anything like that. So I was like, I'm just going to get my own Xbox 360. That way I've got a DVD player and a new game console, you know, yeah. and kind of knock it out all at once, you know? So I get that. So I purchased a handful of games. I bought the uh, the Batman Arkham games. I got my Lego Star Wars again. You know, there's a new one coming out, by the way. Good for it. I didn't finish the other ones I purchased. Lego Star Wars or a Batman? 
uh, Batman. There's always going to be another Lego game. Yeah, yeah really. I, I just want to. No, there, there's, out, there's the complete saga for the Lego Star Wars coming out, where now they're going to be talking and shit, and instead of being like the Sims the entire time. But no, so it's like I got all that, and I never finished them. And I, and it's like I got uh, the more. Well, I mean, hell, they're all over there. You can probably wind up. Oh, they're hiding behind the ball heads. So I'm looking <laughs> a bit of like a Wii. Yeah, they're, they're, see, in, the, they're uh, in the Xbox other, 360. I yeah, see. they're in that cubby. Like, but, but no, so it's like three Switch games. Yes, yeah, so, one Switch game. One Switch game. <laughs> no, so. It just winds up being a scenario where I feel better spending $15 on an old Game Boy game that I traded into GameStop when I was 13 like an idiot. I feel better spending 12 bucks on that to play it for five minutes on the bus ride to work and never picking it up again or picking it up three months later just to play it for a handful again than spending 60 on it. It's like for 60 bucks, that's a new pair of jeans. You know, that, yeah. that's, a new, that's a new pair of jeans and a meal, you know? So that's, it's like... <laughs> so as as music, let's think about musicians. We like to we learn to live minimally. Sixty bucks. That's, that's like four Gosh. packs of strings. Yes. You know, it's like I, I start prioritizing that sixty bucks. That I could get some new pens with that. I was um shit. I'm starting to think about on the same lines. Like okay, it, it going since I wasn't here for I guess like the the last one. So this is kind of like breaking in twenty XX into them current era 2020 yeah. what will you do this decade i'm gonna try to cut out some fast food and taco bell is my ultimate vice i went there last night it was delicious but i felt taco bell's amazing oh my it's it's, it's such so a hard long. habit to break um but that 10 to 12 dollars i'm not even gonna lie that's Basically, where I spend each time, then I'll kill it, and then I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up the next morning and wondering what the time, where the time went. Well, it's dude, like those little five dollar boxes are a damn steal. They are, <laughs> but I could just do that and stop it. But the, okay, okay, wait, all right, we'll just do this wait. then. Do this instead of going to Taco Bell for their five dollar box, go to Cookout for their five dollar box. No, I just go to the grocery store and get like milk and oh. Cookout. <laughs> don't, don't do this. I can't replace a vice with a vice. Yes, you can. But okay, um, replace your crutch with a glitter crutch. <laughs> but yeah, no, like uh, adulting. Um, I'm, at, yeah. I'm just at that age now where it's like I I have like two days in a row of like fast food and it just affects my mood like really badly. Yeah, it's, oh, I think that's always been. I mean, maybe not like fake, but just makes me slower. Yeah, and it just make it just makes me crabby. Like, ugh, I ate this crap. Now I feel like crap. Blur. Yeah, that was a little bit today. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but there's an easy fix, and it's like, hey, you know, I want to start cooking a little bit more. So invest ingredients, and like, yeah. like you guys were saying, it's like that's uh, sixty bucks is a pair of jeans. Um, these shoes I've gotten a lot of traction out of and I've been wearing them to work and all that fun stuff and I love my tennis shoes. It helps move around venues and all the mm -hmm. fun stuff. So I will definitely invest in some Asics again, but I need to get a new pair of shoes and that's where some of the, like, all this money I'm spending goes somewhere and I keep track of it on a daily basis and then I'm just like, oh, the money's gone. Well, I'll get paid next time. In yeah. two weeks, I'll be fine. And then, like, I get there and then I have nothing left in my paycheck and, like, Shit. Yep. Oh, I, I run through the exact same issue. And the thing is, is like with me, I'll, like almost it's almost routine at this point. Between January to March, I'll buy like two to three new pair of shoes, and I won't buy another pair for like another year or two. I will just wear them the fuck out. Like seriously, last year I purchased a pair of black Vans and then um, some 
like really fucking cheap shoes I bought offline that everyone thought I got custom made and I just didn't bother to correct them. But they had, <laughs> but they had a, a lightning bolt on the side that looked pretty reminiscent of our circle bolt. So I purchased those and it's like I wore those shoes and my black Vans all year. Around August, September, October is when my uh, lightning bolt shoes went out. <laughs> and then uh, my black Vans shit the bed like earlier this year or earlier this month rather. So it's like, all right, fine. Purchase two pairs of new shoes. At some point, actually in like a month or two, I found a pair of boots that are on sale that I really like that are pretty inexpensive. Get those. I'm going to be good the rest of the year. I'll wear them out and I'll just purchase new shoes again at the beginning of the year. <laughs> I guess it's, it's easy to, in, it's hard yet easy to invest in yourself. And that's like, when it comes to that, it's like you're investing in you. You're not investing in all the stuff that's very temporary. And I feel yeah. like fast food is. But if you go to the grocery store, like that shit's going to last you. If you stick to it at least a week and a half. Like I can get like a gallon of milk and then buy th- two things of cereal. And it's like if I really just not up to making stuff, then, you know, whatever. That's what I, hope, I, did, that's what I did this morning. <laughs> I, I know I know this person's aware of it. I don't know if he actually listens or not. But if my barber's listening to this, sorry, dude. But it's like that's why I wind up prolonging getting a haircut for so long is because it's like, it's not because it's inexpensive. I'm not getting an expensive haircut, you know, but it's like, it's still money I could spend on other things. And I wear hats all the time. So I'm just like, eh. priorities. <laughs> but it's like, I enjoy every time I get my haircut, I feel like doing it up. I feel like not wearing a hat as much. It's like, I enjoy the process. I enjoy having a fresh haircut, but it's like, dedicating myself to leaving the house to spend money to get that done it feels like such a vanity thing that it's hard for me to step aside to do it until i just look like a fucking homeless guy and i'm like i have to do this that's that's basically where i am and just in case his barber is listening i need a cut <laughs> hey, I, I hook you up. He's a fucking great personality. <laughs> nice. And it's literally like right down the road. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. No, I'll be in this area. We'll, we'll talk after. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's only going to keep growing. <laughs> You're going to keep that. Man, whatever, man. Cap-boy. You look good without a hat. <laughs> Capway Twitty. Capway Twitty. Capway Twitty. With my Capway Twitty gun. Pew, pew. <laughs> well, I think we have had a pretty good time this episode, but we're not done yet. Esteemed listeners know that we still have to dig on into our Spotify playlist and figure out what the hell we've been listening to what you listening to son i don't think you like it well why not i like this new generation of music (laughs) where did you record this i bought it at the mall what that person on your tape has is a medical disorder all right cap what the hell you been listening to Uh, at the type of this uh at the type of this at the type of this at the time of this recording Yesterday, we lost Neil Peart from Rush. Neil Peart. Peart. That's how you pronounce his name. It's not Peart. It's Neil Peart. And of course, I'm talking about the drummer from Rush. And when I found out the news, I immediately got on Spotify and listened to all of the Rush live albums. Oh, no. It's like, and you didn't wake me up. But it's like when I woke up, it's like all I heard was Rush. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I was so bummed out. I saw Rush twice. Once on their, uh, it was the first time was on their 30th anniversary tour, and the second time was their uh, farewell tour. But they didn't build it as their farewell tour; it was, they built it as their 40th anniversary tour. Really? But it was on their 41st anniversary <laughs> because Neil Peart at the time, Peart, was going through like you know tendon issues and like you know his wrist. He was having like real uh, serious pain in his uh, wrists and his hands, and he holds himself to such a high standard, and so does his fan base as being the best of the best as far as 
playing drums that they decided to do like the their our last tour was like maybe a three month long run and all their like big markets. Yeah. And uh they played two sets and they did a regression of uh set pieces. Like they started off with their most current stuff and then went back to their first album and not and I left that going, that's how you do a farewell tour. I've heard a few people talk about that, and I think it'd be cool if Kiss did that. That would be so cool. Mm. And with and with like previous lineups, we've probably talked about this on the show here and there. Damn it, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> he found his window. We're talking about our shit. He's like, I got to get back to work. But yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. but yeah, lots of Rush. Play some Rush on Spotify, y'all. Rust in, uh, Rust in Peace. Oh, Rest damn. in Peace. I know that's Rust a me- that's a Megadeth album. Rest in Peace, Neil Peart. That's probably go. the most metal comment I've heard on this podcast yet. <laughs> Rest in power. Well, Johnny G, what the hell you been listening to, sir? So I've been sad lately, so I've been listening to a lot of dollar signs. I got this PBR right here. <laughs> I, I thought, I um, before we went on, I ran out of my Starbucks, and I was just like, hey guys, you had anything to drink? And he's like, we got a PBR in the fridge. I'm like, well, that fits my mood. <laughs> so, um, Well, it's like in full transparency, it's like, I don't drink anymore. I know Cap doesn't buy PBR, but it's like, we've had a few gatherings, like including the Christmas party, and I think like a time or two before that, where it's like people brought beer and then like left shit. So it's like, I had no idea how long that beer had been in there, so I'm like, you'll find out in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you grabbed a good one. PBR still going to taste like shit, whether it's been in the fridge for months or not. <laughs> this is true. But no, uh, Dollar Signs, Pop Punk, if you haven't listened to them, definitely check them out. Uh, every, they actually had an album or EP come out mid to late last year. So yeah, go check that out. Go their shows. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And um, I was... Every time it winds up getting cool, I'll like kind of going through like my new wave '80s goth kind of phase. <laughs> and through that though, there's a band that I'm pretty sure they were formed in Atlanta, but just like every other good story, they got popular in Japan. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so they've been kind of catering to their audience a little bit. Uh, but it's a band called the Starbenders, and I think I don't know if I've talked about them on the show before or not. But I've kind of dug into them the last, I'd say, year or so, and. One of my favorites is no, actually no longer on Spotify, <laughs> which was 1969, but I was going to recommend that one. But if there's any album to actually go through and listen, I think the album Julian's pretty good. It's an EP, came out in 2018. Um, While I Was Sleeping Alone is like probably a really good one. It's, it feels like next generation Blondie with a little bit more experimentation to it. I need to go down that rabbit hole a little bit. I haven't spent... A lot of time with Starbenders. Yeah. And, and it won't be for everyone. It's a lot different than what I would typically listen to. But again, it's I, I kind of listen to it with the framing of like Blondie's more, you know, poppy, disco-y, you know, groovy 70s vibe stuff. And I kind of listen to it on the prism of that. And it's like, okay, I see what they're doing. Mm. Plus, they actually have an amazing drummer. She posts videos on her Instagram every so often. I'm just like, holy fuck, girl. I called their bass player <laughs> online. He's hilarious. <laughs> so that's what I've been listening to. And uh, outside of that, we don't have any shows really scheduled for February. Just um, a felon's date on February 26th. Okay, so that dish. is confirmed now? Yep. Okay, well then, yeah, so we've got that one, and you said that, uh, actually, I'm trying to get my entire list pulled up here. That Hold on, way hey, I, I actually have to, uh, I have to ask a question to interject. I know this might drag on for a little bit, but, so. This is the, the end of the new, show, you're not supposed to ask yeah, questions. Well, you brought up Dish, and I need to ask the question, like, okay, so a couple of months back, we were mourning the end of Dish, like this was just, a cultural Charlotte icon going away. They just got new what ownership. Happened? So we weren't really mourning Dish going away. We weren't sure what was going to happen to Dish. The person that owned Dish was retiring. 
uh, Penny. Uh, she she was a pretty big uh, person in the community. She uh, may get some of this wrong, so the only one I'm going to for sure mention is I know she had a hand at the Milestone for a minute, and I think she also had a hand at Tremont for a minute. Mm. She's just she's kind of she's helped out in the community a lot, and it's just she finally reached that age where she's just like. Fuck this, I'm tired. I'm done. You know, I'm retiring. That yeah. kind of thing. And people didn't know who she was selling it to, what was going to happen. But the people that purchased it were huge fans of Dish. And they're keeping the name. They're keeping the minion. They're just keeping it rolling. So it was more or less a worrisome thing for a moment. Yeah. Okay, because that was the big thing. It wasn't thing. like it's the like... fucking Dairy Queen going away, which I'm still pissed about. <laughs> <laughs> there, I have some friends that um, saw that it was going away. And they never come out to applaud or they never come out to plazas and just like, oh man, you know, I, I've seen this and I've wanted to go for some time. Like, then why didn't you go to I it? Used to, Mom used to take me to that when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's probably my favorite place to eat in that area. I re- still good. I'm a Charlton. I you remember the Dairy when, Queen? It, when it was open. I, I went to Dairy it. Queen. My That's mom what we're talking about. Is Dairy Queen. Oh, we go and eat there every now and then and just kind of hang out. Like, I've been to the Penguin. I've been to that Dairy Queen. Like, I've seen these things come and go. Yeah. So it's sad, but like when someone. That hasn't really been here the last five years. Just like, uh, mm. I mean, it's really sad how they're taking down Charlotte. Like, you haven't been around for Charlotte culture. Get out. <laughs> Get on my face. <laughs> so, yeah, a uh, little bit. This, like I said, just that tiny bit of housekeeping. On the 26th, we do have that show at Dish. It's yep. the Felons, which is just me and Cap. Uh, then directly after that, March 7th, we're boogieing our happy on asses on up to the rim. And that's going to be the first of many album release shows for us Never Heard of them yes um, which you can purchase the record right now at the fillness.com slash store and we will immediately send it to your ass but until then we're going to be waiting a few months just so we can actually get a few other things straightened out and we're going to have it in stores and all that good stuff come march by the time we play these releases. we shows. got a new single on spotify called long way to go stream the hell out of that share it with your friends if yes. you've never heard of them you can hear them now at spitify if, if you don't know now you know <laughs> and then uh, i know we've got a I'll say again. We we kind of teased it last month, uh, last week. Still hadn't gotten the one hundred percent confirmation. Yes, uh, thumbs up from the person. So I don't want to say exactly when it'll be, but we do have that really cool show coming up at the milestone also in March. The exact date pending. Look at our Instagram, find the clues, and it's going to be fun. And I know we're probably going to do a South Carolina date before that. Uh, and it's just we're 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 planning a bunch of cool shit out, man. We, we got some yes, we got some cool stuff coming up. If you miss it on their feeds, you can definitely catch it on mine. That's right. Oh uh-huh. yeah. Oh yeah. Tell the people where they can find you. At the WordPress site, it's like WordPress.com slash slash reporting from twenty XX. Or is it like no? no yeah. Reporting like from 20XX. It was like WordPress. WordPress. Reporting from 20X. You know, I still need to just pay for the web page. I'll do that this year. Squarespace. Square, ooh. There you go. Don't you me? I ooh. use Squarespace. It's amazing. You should help me out with that because I tried venturing into that territory amazing. and I was like, oh, I love it, dude. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's basic. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's easy to do. <laughs> I've already mastered WordPress. I've gone too far. <laughs> well, Cap, do you have an outro for us? Kelsey, if you're listening, please. For the love of God, change that battery on your acoustic guitar, girl. (laughs) Oh, Lord.
production from the Cult of Dave Podcast Network. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.